Okay. Um, no fun intro music today. I, um, in fact, I am talking to you from my closet into my phone because I just wanted to speak without all the equipment and cords and um, editing and mixing that goes into making a podcast. So now that we have all posted our black boxes on our timeline and used our hashtag, we need to talk about what's going to happen next. Um, and I feel like, (laughs) I hope this reaches the right people, right? I feel like most people that listen to this podcast, none of this is going to come as new information to them. Uh, so it's my sincere hope that this gets to someone that can use it. And I'd really rather it not even come from me because I'm not a person of color. But God, I felt like I had to do something. Because I saw way too many friends, church leaders, arts organizations, theater companies make a post with a black screen but fail to make an actual statement. Or their statement was so blanketed that they didn't even use the words black people, let alone black lives matter. And I cannot stop thinking about the fact that there are people uncomfortable with saying the words black lives matter. What I do see a lot of is our community and we need to come together and love over hate or all lives matter. Listen, nobody said all lives matter when there was a mass shooting at a country music festival. Nobody said all lives matter when Australia was on fire. I only see you use all lives matter as a rebuttal to Black Lives Matter. And like, of course, of course all lives matter. I mean, how many theater companies put out a statement that was just cookie cutter enough that they didn't get in trouble with their board, but they felt like, yeah, we spoke up. And we did a brave thing and they patted themselves on the back and now it's time to move on. So if you can't say the words, Black Lives Matter, even as a whisper in the comfort of your own home, I need you to figure out why. And I keep hearing things like, I'm not making a statement or our business isn't making a statement because I'm not political. Okay, what's political about saying that the lives of black people have value? Saying that you want the constant murder of black people filmed and uploaded to social media to stop? That does not make you anti-white. 
that does not make you anti-police. You can have a deep respect for law enforcement and still want the targeted killings of black people to come to an end. You can do both. Alternatively, after all the evidence of unchecked power that we have witnessed, after watching George Floyd, who was unarmed, handcuffed, and pinned to the ground four against one, can we have a little empathy for people who do not have faith and trust in law enforcement? Can we empathize with that? Here's the other thing I hear. I'm not a racist, and I think my real friends know where I stand. I'm not a racist. My friend is black. I'm not a racist. How can I be? I have a mixed child. I'm not a racist. Okay, but you've been saying your friend's name wrong for several years, and they've tried to correct you. I'm not a racist, but, ooh, I don't know what I would do if my daughter brought home a black guy. There are too many Amy Coopers on my Facebook page. Amy Cooper, for those of you who forgot or don't remember, is the white woman who called the police on the black bird watcher in the park because he asked her to leash her dog. Amy Coopers don't believe they're racist. Amy Coopers raise boys who grow up to be Derek Chauvin's. I was definitely the girl in high school who was like, ooh, I'm getting so tan, I'm almost as dark as you are. So, uh, sincerely, I'm sorry for that. And change is possible and growth is possible, but it's not enough to be not racist anymore. Women like Amy Cooper don't think they're racist. We need you to be actively anti-racist. Can you be actively and actionably anti-racist? Um, I'm, I'm sorry that it has taken me so long to speak up. Um, I didn't think that I could add anything to the conversation. Like, you're probably thinking, gosh, Sterling, doesn't your podcast have, like, 30 listeners? Why do you even need to make a statement? Yeah, thanks. But, um... I've learned that if you don't speak up, you're contributing, right? And frankly, I thought social media posts were too surface level. Like, why can't I do the work at home? Why can't I fix it in my heart? And heart work, it didn't change anything because we're still here. Heart work didn't make change through Alton Sterling and Freddie Gray, and Breonna Taylor. It doesn't cut it anymore. So I took this week, and I listened, and I learned. And we used to say in church, God gave us hands to pray and feet to put action to our prayers. So here is how I am personally 
taking action and doing the work. Um, number one, education. My black friends are not responsible for educating me. I am responsible for educating me. And I've seen a lot of my colleagues who are black men and women saying, I need my white friends to stop reaching out and going, what can I do? I'm so sorry that you're hurting in this way, but what can be done? Don't ask them that. The resources are out there. It's Googleable. I attended a Zoom conference last night where my job was to log in and listen. Listen to black men tell their stories. And it was incredibly effective. And they did not have to do that for me. But I'm so glad that they did. The resources are out there. Um, regarding this podcast specifically, I did the math and I found that only 26% of our guests are people of color. 10% are black. Many communities I have completely ignored. And that was embarrassing to discover because when I started this podcast seven months ago, I thought, I don't need a system. Like, I'm, I'm woke, right? It'll just happen organically. Well, it didn't. So that changes starting today. Starting today, I have a system in place to ensure that I have a podcast that sounds like Dallas and represents us well. So if you are a theater maker and you are black, indigenous, Asian American, Pacific Islander, if you have a visible or hidden disability, please reach out to me. I will get you on this podcast. I will come to you. You don't have to have any events coming up to promote. If, if that's not what your calendar looks like, which I don't think for anyone it does right now. But I want you on. And, um, and if you don't email me, I will find you and I will email you. That's my commitment. Number three, in the theater. And this one is hard because I'm not operating um, at the level of my career that I hope to one day be operating at. You know, I don't, I don't make casting decisions. I don't pick plays. Um, as an actor, I'm new to this city. I've been here a year and a day, actually. So I'm new. I want to be liked. I want to have a job. But I have a responsibility to speak up when the room is too white. And there were many theater companies who issued statements. Um, and, and people are very grateful for that. And that was a huge step. But we need to keep going, right? Because there's way too many theater companies who um, 
put out casting calls and say, this is open to all ethnicities. And it's not really, right? Because you're just going to cast your friends. Like you already have a couple people in mind. You went to college with them. Like you know who you want, right? And it's people who look like you. So people have learned that a call like that is BS and you're not really going to cast them. And then when no people of color show up to the audition, you shrug your shoulders and go, well, we're trying to reach people, but they're not auditioning. No, do better. Try harder. I also see this happen in um, youth programs and after school programs. We really want more kids of color in our program. We have scholarship opportunities available, but they just don't apply. No, they've probably never heard of your theater because they can't possibly afford a ticket. And you're not meeting them where they are. You need to go find them. If you want to change what your theater looks like and who grows up in your theater, go find them. Put in the work, meet them where they are. And this one, this one is so frustrating because we're the theater. We're the artists. We're supposed to be the ones who are socially and culturally aware. And there are many theater companies that are. There are many theater companies really walking the walk and doing a great job. Um... But there is still work to do. And it's not just who you put on stage. It's who you put backstage and who you put on your board and who you put on your executive team. So be mindful of that. Take stock of that. The fourth one, um, changing what I consume. I have... Literally followed people on Instagram that don't look like me. I took stock of my podcasts. If you know me, I have not listened to music in five years. I am all podcasts all the time. Um, so I took stock of that. And most of my podcasts are hosted and driven by mostly white men. But white women, white people. So I changed that. I downloaded podcasts that uplift black voices. Um, go look at your bookshelf. Go look at your library. Do you have a diverse group of authors and characters and perspectives Go look at the toys that your kids are playing with. Do they all look like you? Because that does something. Uh, number five, it's kind of the, the forefront. You know, it's things that you've already probably heard or been told to do, which is sign petitions, call lawmakers, identify a black-owned business and go give your dollar to them. I guess I'm speaking out now. And again, I'm sorry that it has taken 
so long. But a few days before we collectively watched the injustice done against George Floyd, I had an experience and it was someone that I love very much who is not capable of defending themselves, being baited and being gaslit. And I guess it was one of those moments, you know, when maybe I'm outing myself here, but you know, when you're in the shower and you're having those like fake arguments and you're like, yeah, if anyone ever said this to my friend, I'd be ready. And then it happened and I wasn't ready because I watched my loved one go through this and I didn't say anything. And I was so mad at myself by the end of it. I was so mad that I didn't speak up. And then we woke up to that horrible, horrible video. And I thought, you know what, Sterling? Your voice is really going to matter someday. And you need to be ready. And I don't want to feel that way anymore. I just want to, I want to speak up. Um, and this, I guess, felt like the right way to do it. This is my podcast. This is my baby. Um, so I, I hope it reaches the right people. Sincerely. Okay. Active, actionable, anti-racism. That's what I'm committing to. I hope you will join me because um, it feels different this time, doesn't it? And it's only going to remain different if we commit to that. So if you have made it to the end of this, thank you so much for hearing me out. I am open to more dialogue and more learning. Um, I sincerely hope everyone has a better week than what the last week has looked like. And um, I look forward to any thoughts that you have to offer. Okay. Bye-bye.